This is a message from the ministry of the International Baptist Church of Debrecen. For more information about our church, visit ibcdebrecen.com. So let's, let's read our, our passage uh, together, which is written in uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. Uh, it's going to be on the screen, I guess, but if you have your own Bibles or Bible apps, please follow it with me, okay? Uh, and, and, and during the preach as well, because we will see these verses one after the other, so it will be very uh, helpful if you have those verses uh, in before you. So the title of, of my preach uh, today is Future and Hope. God gives us future and hope. Let's read this passage together. <clears throat> uh, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. This is, uh, this is our passage. So, <coughs> I think if we look at the word with common sense, practically, uh, and think about our future, it is not always a hopeful picture. Uh, economic insecurity, high inflation rates, war in our neighborhood, and uh, all of its consequences, the real estate market, for example, divorces, uh, broken relationships all around us. And these things lead us to conclude that our future is not really promising. The le legitimate expectations and goals of a person, for example, a place to live, a spouse, a job, career, a family, financial security, these also seem uncertain and unattainable. Moreover, it would be easier to obtain these things by sometimes neglecting Christian values and living with a little wrangle involving some tricky ways of uh, achieving things or maybe a little moral impurity. And as Christians, we cannot even do these things to help ourselves out. And God says, he still says, I will give you a future and a hope. He does not 
make our circumstances hopeful, but he gives us hope. This, that's an important difference. And more than anything else, a person today needs to look at, look to God and ask God for a hopeful future every day, or else the reality of the world will we, we strangle his faith. It will strangle our faith, and, and we will give up, certainly, if you just look at the world around us. To better understand today's message that we read, um, we need to know Jeremiah's mission. Um, I will give it to, to you only in a nutshell, so I will not be uh, very long. So Jeremiah's uh, mission was to pronounce judgment on Israel. And in, in, in this case, uh, he speaks about the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. And also, he speaks about God's uh, restorative plan after that. For Israel has turned away from God. Uh, they sacrifice to foreign gods. They are hypocrites. And they are not interested in God's law anymore. That is the state when Jeremiah uh, is doing his mission. And for these reasons, God is determined to purify his people um, and in the end he will write his law on their hearts in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 says this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So this is God's long-term plan. Okay, and the 70 years of Babylonian captivity is God's tool to achieve it. But the main point is on the goal, in the long-term goal of God. <coughs> so God clearly declares the judgment, but also its purpose, its long-term purpose, which is to restore the relationship between his people and himself and to change the hearts of the people. Change the hearts of the people. And he also declares the, ed, the end of the judgment, the return home from captivity after 70 years. So now let's look at today's passage verse by verse and their messages for us. Uh, it has a lot of messages, so and I didn't even gather all of them because it's not possible. But let's 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 start, uh, and if you can follow me, then it's 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 okay. After seventy years are completed at Babylon, the the Bible says after seventy years are completed uh, at Babylon. So this is the first thing that I I, I want to emphasize that we have to wait for God's timing. It's clearly stated. Sometimes we don't know it, of course. In this case, it was well known. But maybe in most of, of the cases, we don't know the exact duration for which we need to uh, wait. But God knows it. And we have to wait for God's timing. Because God's plan could neither be 
brought forward nor delayed. It will happen exactly when God wants it to, to happen. Maybe you know the, the film trilogy, Lord of the Rings, and in the first part, uh, Gandalf says to Frodo, maybe some of you already know what I will quote here, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. We all know that uh, Tolkien believed in God, and there are a lot of uh, parallel things with the Bible. And this, this uh, phrase is also true to God. He's never late, and he is never early. He always arrives precisely when he means to. Now, which of these two things is harder to believe? Uh, that's, that's just the question. Everyone can answer it. Uh, maybe we all give different answers to that. Maybe we can accept it easier that, uh, that we cannot hurry God. Because we hear it a lot of times that we cannot hurry God. We cannot, we cannot make him arrive earlier. And maybe we can accept it. This acceptance may come from faith or it may come from defiance. But anyway, we, we may accept this one. But that we cannot delay the fulfillment of his plan, that is not, an, not, not easy to understand, I think. That we cannot delay God's plan. Uh, why do I think that? Because if I am a part of the plan, or achieving that plan, and I make mistakes or commit sins. Am I not delaying the fulfillment of the plan? It's a, it's a hard question. I've, I've been thinking about it a, a lot, but according to the Bible, this is true, that I and we cannot delay God's work and the fulfillment of his plans. This is the truth according to the Bible, because God sees everything and knows everything, and he is never, ever surprised by anything. We may be surprised by things, and God allows it sometimes, but he is never surprised by anything. That is why his plan will be fulfilled just in time. And if I move forward, then we can read, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now I gathered three messages only from this sentence. First, I know. I know the thoughts. This is maybe the greatest uh, encouragement towards us. God knows his thoughts. God knows uh, his plans. But I can read this these two words differently, that I know, which means it is me who knows. So it is God who knows his plans, not us. It's him. And we must trust him because he doesn't make mistakes. And the third, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. What an encouragement this is. God has a plan. God always has a plan. And he has everything under control. We, we need to believe in this. Because this is the most important thing. 
he never misses or loses control in our lives or in the church's life or whatever. He is always in control and he allows things because he has the reasons to do that. Sometimes you do not understand it, but he doesn't make mistakes ever. <coughs> the next thing, says the Lord, says the Lord. It's also a message, I think. God has a word for us. What a great thing this is. We may not uh, appreciate these things, these things in these days because we have Bibles everywhere. Also in digital versions, we can download it and read God's word. But it's, it's such, a, such a treasure. And it's not a trivial or obvious thing to have God's word, which is a living word. It's a, it's a huge thing, says the Lord. God has a verse for us. And God shares with us all the details we need to know. Sometimes this is hard to believe, that all the details I have to know is shared with me by God. Sometimes we want to know more. And we think, okay, if I knew more, I could, I could be more, I don't know, motivated or... Or, or whatever, but God shares with us all the details that we need to know. And, we, and when he sees it uh, appropriate to reveal something about the future to us, he will do so. <coughs> we have the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and that's 100% enough for everything that comes to our life. We, have, we need to believe it. With the Bible, with the Holy Spirit, living in us, we have everything that we need to know to live our lives. And if we move forward, we can read the next partial sentence, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Uh, if you think about this word peace, uh, we can read in the Bible where Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is what Paul says. And Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, peace I will leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the word gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus says those words to us. <coughs> the, the, word, the word around us gi may give us peace through our circumstances, through our personal relationships, or our material possessions by money, whatever. But these things can evaporate at any moment. We can lose some of them or all of them in just seconds. But Jesus gives us a permanent and lasting peace, independent of all these things. And this is possible because it is, not based, it is not based on uh, changeable things 
or temporary things, but it is based on him, Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can read it in the book of uh, Hebrews. So it is good to have good circumstances, of course, but <coughs> let me ask you a question. Is there room in your heart for God's peace, which is not based on your circumstances, your money, your personal relationships, or such things, but God's peace that comes directly from God? <clears throat> if not, it will be revealed in the first serious crisis. But if there is God's peace in your heart, it will be really revealed too in a crisis. A crisis shows what is in our hearts. Is God's peace in there or not? Or we rely on temporary things that we can lose any time. <clears throat> You may have had an experience where, where you received some bad news, maybe, and you, you still had some unexplainable peace inside. You almost maybe wondered yourself why you didn't collapse or broke. And this is exactly the peace of God that, according to the Bible, guard your hearts and minds. Guard your hearts and minds. God's peace can do that. In the next part, we can read, give you a future and a hope. This is the title for, for today. Give you a future and a hope. Now, um, I've been thinking about this word hope, and I found that in the Bible, hope is often associated with trust and confidence in God's promises. So it is a profound and enduring belief that God will fulfill his plans and provide for his people. The concept of hope in the Bible, therefore, is closely tied to faith in God, in, in, in faith itself, yeah, in God. And <coughs> uh, for example, in Romans, chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So hope in the Bible is not some merely wishful thinking or positive attitude toward things. This is not what hope means in Bible. But uh, in the Bible, hope is a firm assurance in the goodness and faithfulness of God. It is, it is about God, not our positive thinking. <clears throat> and it encourages believers to remain steadfast in their faith, even in challenging circumstances, because they trust that God will ultimately bring, uh, bring about his purposes and blessings. And when God says towards his people and to us, I will give you a future and a hope, then this is what we should think about. And then uh, he continues by, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. 
and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, the captivity was used by God as a, as a punishment against the Hebrews for abandoning God's laws and turning to other gods. The mention of you will seek me in this part, you will seek me, and when you search for me with all your heart, these are these are these are heavy sentences. These are very deep. Seeking God and searching for him with all our hearts. And these are very important parts of Jeremiah's prophetic message, where God encourages the captive people to not only care about their physical circumstances, but to turn to God in prayer and faith. Therefore, the captivity is not only a punishment, but an opportunity for the Hebrews to return to God and seek him and restore their faithfulness to make their faith deep again, not, 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 not to remain in some shallow faith in God, but to, to uh, God will make their, their, uh, their faith deep and their, uh, they will make their relationship uh, real again. <clears throat> so the God's goal is to restore a deep relationship between his people and him. What can I? Uh, what could I say as a summary? I I wrote some uh, sentences. So, God already sees the end of things and knows that it will take seventy years to restore this relationship. He also knows that it will certainly happen. So it's not it's not just a by chance thing. Okay, I will send you to captivity and maybe. You will change during that time. Okay, how many years? Oh, I think 70 will be enough. Okay, let it be 70. That's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty long time. No, no, this is not how God thinks. He knows everything. And he knows that it will be 70 years that is necessary to change the people's heart. <coughs> pretty long time, actually, yeah. But we can see that even the punishment is for the good of the people. It's not for God. It's for the people. And the most important need of the people, and that includes us, us as well, that this is a living relationship with God. I think um, it is extremely easy to forget this thing that the most important thing is our relationship with God. This is very easy to forget in today's world, where the world is hurried, egocentric, materialistic. It's all about money. It's all about the everyday living. We have to do this. We have to do these things. A lot of things, and very easy to forget about it. A lot of people tends to want the blessings of God, but without God. I need the blessings, but I don't need God. This is how we can think sometimes, or at least me. <laughs> I'm talking about me at the first place. 
uh, and the end of the story, the 70 years in a nutshell, that God achieved his plan. Because we know from the Bible, uh, we can read uh, those books, we know that the Babylonian captivity achieved its purpose, which was to renew the hearts of the people. Because from the very first wave of the return home, the people started rebuilding the temple. So they, they started rebuilding uh, the, the, the temple from its ruins. So we can see and we know that God achieved his goals. Uh, and the temple was the main priority for the people. So God could really change their hearts. And that is a message for us today as well. God is always working for us, for our good, and for the relationship between us and him. And God is reliable, so we must trust God always. Amen. Thank you for your attention. Thank you so much for lending us your ears and your time today. If your curiosity has been piqued and you'd like to learn more about our church and the work we do, please feel free to visit our website at ibcdebretson.com. Better yet, we warmly invite you to join us in person and experience our community firsthand. We look forward to welcoming you.